0: welcome to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. For more details, check out faithcc.com.au. We hope you enjoy this message. I've come to talk about the pursuits of life. Everyone say this after me, the pursuits of life. And it's this whole idea that comes out of Mark chapter 8 and verse 6, where Jesus is speaking and he says, what good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? What a great question. You see, when you read this statement, it is a small snippet of a larger statement that Jesus actually makes about being a disciple of Christ, about a disciple of him. And I want to read to you the whole section here today, Mark chapter 8. And it says this, Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples. And he said whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me for whoever wants to save their life will lose it but whoever wants to whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it what good is it for a person to gain the whole world and yet forfeit their soul or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul if anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation The son of man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his father's glory with the holy angels. You know, it's interesting that Jesus makes some really, really strong statements. Statements that maybe today people will be afraid to say. You know what I find interesting? Is that it doesn't repel the crowd, it actually draws the crowd. It actually brings people into the kingdom of God because he's challenging them to make a stand. And I've realised in life that there are two types of questions. Now, there may be many more different types of questions. But for the sake of time, I've realised that there's two types of questions. There are questions that expect a response. Questions that you need to ask in order to get the answer you need in order to progress to the next level. Questions like, how much is that? Have you ever asked that question? You see, that question is important. How much is that? It helps you budget. It helps you keep your finances in order. It helps you make sure that you don't overspend. How much is that is a very, very important question. Who's ever asked that question? How much is that? I would like to take that one step a little bit further in this whole faith culture of negotiating good deals. I think that question, how much is that, is something that you can not just keep there, but you can take it to the next level. And the next question will be, well, how much is that for me? Why do you say that after that? How much is that for me? You see, that question has brought great blessing into my life. That question has brought the favor of God. That question has seen me just get amazing deals. But many people stop at that question. I'd like to add an additional question to that question. And that question is simply this, is can you do better than that? That is a great question. Can you do better than that? You see, I've realized that when I make that statement, can you do better than that? It's amazing how the heavens open and I get the best deals possible. You know, I do believe that God wants to raise in this church great disciples of Jesus who love him, sell their life out for him. But I do believe that God is raising a generation of good deal makers at the same time. Can you do better than that? You see, there are some questions that demand a response. Some questions that help you get more information. But then there are other types of questions. Questions that don't really expect a response, but questions that make you think. Jesus was the master at asking questions that actually make you think. To think about your life right now, to think about your priorities, to think about what is really valuable in this world. You know, in a world of slogans and catchphrases and nicely packaged statements, we often don't think deeply about what is really important. We often don't think deeply about what is really worth going for. You know, it is so easy in this generation to get bombarded with so much information that we kind of allow other people to do the thinking for us. You know what I hate? I hate the word experts, because everyone is an expert. The TV have people come in who are the experts. I saw this the other day. I don't know if we can have it up there. The recognised experts over time. Back in the 1980s, it was the leading scientists. In the 1990s, it was the PhD student. In 2000s, it was the media expert. Now, 2010s, it's Karen on Facebook. No disrespect for any of the Karens here. We love all the Karens in the house. But the reality is we just take what people tell us. We just assume if they're experts, then they actually know what they're talking about. And I will say this to you today, we become lazy in our thinking. We become lazy in actually not really thinking deeply about the real issues of life. And we wonder why we have a generation that have more technology, more wealth, more information than any other generation And yet we are so unfulfilled in life. Jesus is asking this question to make the crowd think. And he's calling them to listen to this statement. It's interesting. The Bible says that Jesus called them. He called the crowd. Many times he did a miracle and the the crowd came. But this time, because he knew it would be a challenging thing to say, he called them unto himself to hear this kernel of truth. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and Take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to go into the whole world and yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? You see, there are other references to this idea in the Old Testament. Let me quickly read them to you. Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 1 to 3. It says this: the words of the teacher. Son of David, king in Jerusalem, meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher. Utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. What do people gain from all their labors at which they toil under the sun? Look at this idea in Psalm 49, verse 7 to 30. Aren't you glad that you came to church today? Everything's meaningless. <laughs> Psalm 49, verse 7 to thirteen, it says, no one can redeem the life of another. Or give to God a ransom for them. The ransom for a life is costly. No payment is ever enough. So that they should live on forever and not see decay. For all can see that the wise die. That the foolish and the senseless also perish. Leaving their wealth to others. Their tombs will remain their houses forever. Their dwellings for endless generations. Though they had named lands after themselves. People despite their wealth do not endure. They are like beasts that perish. And this is the fate of those who trust in themselves and of their followers who approve their sayings. Jesus is talking about being a disciple and he's talking about what would profit a man if he gains the whole world because people are asking, why follow you? Why follow Christ? Why follow the kingdom of God? Think about it. Back in the apostles' day, they were persecuted. They were thrown into prison. They were maligned. They were victimized. Uh, What was the win? Why would you do that? Why would you sell out to something that is going to cause you pain in this world? They were controversial. They were both loved and they were both hated at the same time. Why? Because Jesus is challenging them, as he does today, to look beyond what is temporal And to think about the eternity of your soul. To look beyond what you see now. To look beyond the stuff that is temporal. And think about the eternity of your soul. Throughout the Psalms in the Old Testament, Jesus is teaching the Bible as a whole. There's this constant theme of judging your life, not what you see today. But in the light of eternity. If I could sum this up in today's phrase, it would be simply this. Don't live short-sighted. Don't live short-sighted. Think eternally. Think that your life here on earth is there to fulfill a mission of God's purpose for your life. Think about that beyond the enjoyments of life, that there is a mission, a call, a purpose to fulfill God's mandate here on earth. A mission to let people know the love of God. A mission to let people know the peace that he brings and the comfort that he brings. That he does heal up the brokenhearted, That he does bind up their wounds. That there is something bigger than just our personal needs. There's something bigger than just our personal comforts. There is an eternal purpose that God has mandated upon our lives. This is what Jesus talks about. I think it's incredible that he brings this whole idea of perspective into our world. You know, perspective is incredibly healthy for us. To put things in perspective in the light of eternity. Let me give you one of the temporal things that can often get us off track. And I just want to give you one thing tonight as we're looking at this whole idea. But there's one thing that often gets us off track. There's one thing, that are off a temporal thing, that often seems to derail our discipleship with Jesus. And it's very simply this, our worries about stuff. Our worries about stuff. It may be physical stuff, it may be emotional stuff, it may be relational stuff, but it's stuff. And we get our lives consumed with stuff. We start to worry about stuff that we don't need to worry about. The Bible speaks a lot about worry. And a lot of the times it's talking about worries about stuff. Psalms speaks about stuff. And one of the overall ideas about worry in the Word of God is many times the stuff that we worry about, the Bible says we shouldn't worry about at all. Matthew 6, verse 8 to 24, Jesus speaks about this. He says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, about your body, what you should wear. Is not life more food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow nor reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not, are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? That's a powerful statement right there. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field which is here today and tomorrow is thrown in the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans... Run after these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. For each day has enough trouble of its own. It's not the first time the Bible speaks about these things about our faith life getting choked up by some of the stuff that we engage in. Luke chapter 8, verse 4 to 15 is the parable of the sower and the seed. And the Bible talks about the different ground that the sower sows into. And then Jesus begins to describe the parable in detail. And I love this. In Luke chapter 8 and verse 4, again, he's speaking to the crowd. And he says, while a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. He said, a farmer went out to sow seed. And as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on and the birds ate it up. And some fell on rocky ground and when it came up, the plants with it because they had no moisture. Another seed fell on the thorns which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and it yielded a crop a hundred times more than it was sown. And when he said this, he called out, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Well, his disciples asked him what this parable meant. And he said, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to others I speak in parables, that though seeing they may not see, and though hearing they may not understand. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing they fall away. The seed, listen, the seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go their way, they are choked. Listen, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, the temporal things of this world. And they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart. who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. Now, we read a lot of scriptures tonight. I want you to notice this idea in verse 14. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear. But as they go their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures. They do not mature. The King James says, no fruit to perfection. No fruit to perfection. It literally means immature fruit. Fruit that is not ready yet. It's there on the tree. It has the potential... But it will never realize its potential because its growth has been stunted by the cares of this world. That word is only ever used here in the New Testament. And it's an unusual word. And it literally means arrested development. It's not to its full potential. It's there. It's ready to go. It has the potential to be effective and fruitful. It has got all the right ingredients. It is there ready. But the reality is is it's not at its full maturity yet. And so it always stays with the hope of growing, but it never, ever does. Have you met someone with the potential, but they never realize their potential? People that you look at, got so much talent, but they never realize the fullness of that talent. You've got so much potential to do something amazing for the kingdom of God. But they never fully realize it. Think about it. Immaturity is the potential of fruit, but not the actualization of fruit. Potential that is not yet realized. How many people do we see and we know that have potential of fruit, but don't walk into it? They never see the fulfillment of that fruit in their lives. And I reckon it's got something to do with this idea of being so focused on temporal things versus eternal things. I'm going to say this, when you begin to shift your focus on what is temporal, to what is eternal. When you get your mandate from God, not the approval of other people. When you begin to allow the Holy Spirit to direct your life, not the latest thing that can satisfy in the moment. There is something that happens in your life. You begin to grow in your maturity. There's a sense of stamina and ability to push through some of the criticism of other people. This is what the disciples were going through. They just made a decision. We're not going to be satisfied by what the world offers, but we're going to the life-giving source of Jesus Christ. He is that water, that never, ever, ever runs dry. He will satisfy me more than the opinions of other people, more than the wealth of this world, more than the other stuff that goes on. He is the only one. He's the only one, one of the musicians to come. And Jesus tells this story about people that have got the word, but they never see the fulfillment of it. I've come to realize there are, there are things that I stress in my life today that no doubt will be forgotten 12 months down the track. I need to set my sights on bigger things. What are the things that are eternal? Well, doing what God wants you to do. Listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Sowing into your family. You say, is that eternal? What you plant today, multiple generations can reap. My dad had a radical change when he was a young man. We now live in the blessing of that change. Though my dad is 91 years old, My kids live in the blessing of that decision that was made 70 years ago. I heard this phrase the other day that's worth saying. The days are long, but the decades are short. The days are long, but the decades are short. Church, can I challenge you? Don't waste your life on temporal things. Nothing wrong with stuff, but let the stuff serve you. Don't you serve the stuff. Let the blessing serve you, don't you serve it? You have one master, and that is God himself. And his plan, and his eternity, and his purpose. I love what Jesus says at the end, but the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart. We hear the word and retain it. And by persevering, produces a crop. And Jesus says to his disciples, I want you to take up your cross, and I want you to follow me. I like what it says in persevering. That when you persevere you persevere you begin to see the fruit of the gospel come into your life he's saying his disciples at times it's going to be hard at times it's going to be difficult but it's worth it at times it's going to be hard at times it's going to be difficult but it's worth it so you can make a decision as a Christian to develop in your maturity by actually saying I'm not going to focus what's on this world but I'm going to focus on my eternal purpose in God I'm not going to get my confidence from this world but I'm going to get it from him I'm not going to get my direction from this world, but I'm going to get it from Him. I'm not going to get my values from this world, but I'm going to get it from Him. I'm not going to get my strategy from this world, but I'm going to get it from Him. You see, you get this right, then this begins to take care of itself. A lot of other people do this first, and they're worried about that. I've seen people in the early years of their, you know, in the early years of their success in their life, everything was about God because they had nothing. The moment they had everything, God kind of went in the back corner. And now the stuff became everything. And Jesus says, what profit is man if you gain the whole world? If you change your priority system when you are successful, it means nothing. Keep your priority with God first. Surrender your life to him on a daily basis. Come to him, say, Holy Spirit, I want you to shape my priorities. I want, you see, what I love is he's giving us an idea into the future so that we don't make the same mistake that many other people have gone before us. I don't know about you, but I don't want to make that mistake. I don't want to get to the end of my life and I thought, you know what? I wasted some of the years that God had given me. I want to know that I did everything in my power to fulfill the plan and the purpose of God for my life and for His purpose here on earth. Don't you want to do the same thing? Isn't that the thing that God has for your life? Isn't that the thing that you desire? And say, God, we want to put you first. What profits a man if he gains the whole world but loses his soul? Let me encourage you today. Let's not focus on the temporal. Let's look for eternity. Let's not focus on the stresses of today. It's so easy to get distracted and understand that there is a bigger plan and a bigger purpose. I do believe there are people here today, and you know what? You're at a precipice. You're at a point in your own walk with God that God wants to shoot you forward in terms of growth. But you have to let some of these cares go. You can't allow some of these things to stunt your growth. It's amazing how worry stunts our growth. It's amazing how desires for certain, certain things to stunt our growth. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be a person that has the potential of fruit but never sees the fruit fully realised. Come on, don't you want to know that you are fully realising everything that God has for your life, every plan and your purpose? Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. To stay up to date, Check us out at our website, faithcc.com.au.